Welcome back to Made to Cast. It feels like a while since I've done these pre-intros. Uh, I was kind of liking not doing them. But uh, I just want to jump on here quickly to say that during this recording, we had a little technical difficulties that we actually didn't know we were having until I went to edit it. So there was a little bit of feedback, a little bit of audio echo that I tried to get rid of as best I could. However, if you hear a little bit of echo in my voice uh, or on the relay, that is just a little audio lag that I try to fix. Um, it was through the whole episode, so I got rid of most of it, but if we talked at the same time, it, it showed up. So uh, I did my best. Uh, still a great episode to listen to. Uh, Adam's a super, super cool guy, and I enjoyed my time talking with him. So hope everybody's doing well, and you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Made to Cast. Today, we have the very, very fortunate opportunity to speak with a jack of all trades, truly a jack of all trades when it comes to bait making, uh, owner, runner, operator of SDG Custom Lure Craft, uh, Adam Felder. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, man. Glad to be here. For for those, I mean, everybody's just listening now, but we've just gotten over about, a, I would say, a 40 minute, 50 minute nightmare of trying to get this thing connected. So we've already run a, a quite a long time trying to get this connected. So I appreciate your patience and jumping on here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I will not waste any of your time. Um, I have so many questions to ask you and, and talk to you. I've, you know, I've been following you. We've had little like off conversations mm-hmm. in like Instagram here and there, but you truly are a, a a jack of all trades when it comes to information and what you do. Like it'll, I'll, something will get brought up in a, in a chat that we're in, and you have information on like fur tie or like hair tying jigs, mm-hmm. and then pouring plastic and pouring lead, and and literally everything. You're just a wealth of information. So maybe you can give us a a like a origin story of what got you what you started with how you got into this yeah almost to a fault at times because it's you know (laughs) you try to uh stay focused in an area to hone your skills and you you see a squirrel and go chase it for a while but um yeah so i actually haven't been making baits all that long i mean i love to fish and i grew up fishing uh got away from it for a little while but um Came back to it, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Um, I, I'm a very project-oriented individual, so and I love to, um, I don't know, look at things and see how they can work better in certain situations. So I was fishing with some stuff that I, I knew I enjoyed and thought there was a, wondered why it didn't work a certain way or why didn't, why did people didn't make it a different way because it seemed like it would make a lot more sense to make it a different way. So you start tinkering around and you start trying to experiment with things and see if that works without any equipment, just cobbling together something that you think might have some potential. Um, And you get an itch, right? And then, of course, YouTube. So you, you spend all the time watching fishing content on YouTube, and then all of a sudden you start getting recommendations 
that's fishing related, but it's not content anymore. It's how to build a lure, how right, to, right. you know what I mean? Um, and I came across a guy um, who has been, there's been a couple over the years that have been instrumental, but I came across a guy named Smalljaw. Uh, he goes, his real name's Dan, but I saw a video on Smalljaw and he had a jig in a vice and he was putting hair on it, fur and different things, right? And I was mesmerized. I was like, right, holy right. moly, people are doing this? Like, and I think <laughs> I could actually maybe do that if because i mean i can see the logic in doing it um most of the time when you think about a jig you think a couple strands of, or a couple tabs of silicone with a rubber band and you just fit that thing over fold it over trim it down wherever you want and you got a jig and that's you know 90 percent, if not more of what you would buy at walmart or different places but this guy was using thread he All was right. using thread to specifically place either silicone, rubber, or any kind of natural, any any different kind of natural uh, material on these jigs. And it was something that I'd never seen before and was just great. So, yeah, it wasn't long. I was like, I got to try this. So a tiny little lead pot for Christmas, a $20 vice, you know, just to try it. And, yeah. And that's where you start. So you started with tying. You, like that was your introduction was was lead pouring and tying uh, yeah your own I just had to give it a had to give it a shot so and then the YouTube thing you know I've always been an entrepreneur I've always wanted to own my own business and run a business but never really had the opportunity to truly do that YouTube is kind of like that yeah you know it's a channel it's I mean the business side of STG as well but it's a channel that you can craft and make and I don't know. It was it 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 uh, scratched that itch for me. And if that guy could do it, well, maybe I can too. Well, well, I mean, I've come like I've watched a video here and there of uh-huh. yours, but I last night I I mean, knowing that I was going to talk to you, I wanted to just really get into some more of it, just to see. And your content is so diverse. Like that's one thing I didn't realize is how how across the board your information is which is which is telling of your uh your drive to to really focus on all of them which because i like i watch videos and you have one where you're tying a jig Mm -hmm. and then your latest soft plastic one and the information it's not like you're like oh he kind of can pour soft plastics but he's way better at you like it seems like you can just you're you're very well versed in all of them which is Mm -hmm. I mean, knowing what I do, like that's difficult to to educate yourself. And sound is educated. You have a very um, fluent way of talking on your videos that's very easy to digest. Like it's not yeah. like it's just enjoyable listening, right? Like I I could do it. I was laying in bed watching it, but I could have been at my desk working i could have been it's like you know what i mean it's not Mm -hmm. you're very descriptive in what you're explaining which is a talent and when you say like you know that youtube scratched a niche i've tried i've mentioned this before i've tried making youtube videos i'm too i'm too long-winded i'm not the greatest at it i wish i was a little better spoken like yourself in your videos but i you 
give the right amount of information. And I think any successful person on YouTube like yourself and 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 Chris Jones and and all, all of the guys, you know, Nate and sure. what you guys have the ability to do is to give enough information to make me like feel like I'm learning something, but not too long where it's like, all right, get to the point. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. Every video of mine is like, get to the point, dude. What are you talking? Like, I watch it and I'm like, what was I talking about? Like, I know. How's it's just, I, I, I overexplain myself. And even in this, I sometimes catch myself overexplaining. But when you, when I watched those videos, it was, that was the biggest eye opener to me is that you, you have like a, a, a knowledge bank that through it, cause it doesn't seem like it's very cut like either. Like there's definitely cuts, oh, sh- but it, but it's not like you're like, it's not like one of those like clickbait, like, mm-hmm. like videos that my kids watch where there's a, 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 a cut every 15 seconds. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're explaining that's a statement. Crying out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. But, but I mean, that's a talent. And I mean, I think anybody that does this, or I mean, YouTube does YouTube, um, could appreciate. And those that just watch it and don't know the background behind it should appreciate when they watch somebody that's as developed as that because it's tough to talk for so many minutes uncut unscripted explaining yourself but at the same time not do a lot of ums and ahs sure. and what uh and and that's a huge town here so that's the first kind of public service announcement definitely go check out his youtube uh it's the same as his name uh, yeah. SDG custom lure craft uh, on YouTube. And, and like I said, it's a lot of the stuff you're doing, you're, you're explaining it to the sense that I don't, t- I don't tie at all. Um, but I feel like I could, like, I, I feel like I could watch one and you know what I mean? Because the, the information's easy to digest. So what got you into doing like to, to trying to other than like just drive because it does because you do like soft plastics but you do like aluminum soft plastics and when i say that that's that's a decision where it's not like oh just wing it that's an investment right so (laughs) you went from tying jigs to like and people can't see what i can see because i'm on video right now but adam right now has a wall of lead jigs behind him like i, I can count two four six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen of them just just in view right there and i don't know if they're doubled up so like you've chosen to make an investment into each thing you do but that's what stops a lot of people from being kind of a, a master or jack of all trades because they put their investment in one place what what yeah. made you take that step to be like okay i'm ready to try this i'm ready to try that yeah well the cutting room, well, back to the, uh, back to the, uh, editing and the thing, there's a, the cutting room floor is replete, right? I'm pretty ruthless when it comes to editing because the, the first video I ever made was over 40 minutes long and it was tying one jig, right? So wow. I, I hope to think that I've come a long way since then because it would take, you know, if I was to edit, edit that one down today and just what I would keep, what I wouldn't, it'd probably be. 15 minutes or less, right? Right, right. But anyway, I was excited and that's okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the, on, I said in the beginning, to a fault, because there is a certain level of, um, if you want to do everything, my fear is that you don't do anything really well, right? Um, so I want to make sure that I, that I keep my skills 
or what I've what I've been able to gain anyway from the vice and and different soft plastics and things like that as I enter into even new ventures, right? Hard baits out of wood and things of that nature. But um, what? So the thing that attracted me the most to tying jigs was bringing two worlds together, which I didn't see anybody doing at the level that small jaw was doing. Um, there's hair jigs out there. We know Brian who makes uh, phenomenal craws and things like that, but mm-hmm. there's, they're few and far between. So even I know that people can't see this, but that that's the card that I send along with. Yeah. And that's the logo, right? So it's got a fly on one side and it's got a jig on the other. And right, the idea right. was fuse these two worlds together to bring the fly fishing techniques, the fly fishing material, the fly fishing, um, just everything that, that the, the intricacies of what you see over there in building a streamer or even a nymph, a tiny little size 24 right, nymph. Right. There's things about how they put that on and understanding material and how it flares and what material would use what would would operate to accomplish this action versus another um that I thought would be really cool to bring over into the conventional traditional world um right in order to do that though a lot of times you're making something totally custom which is why you see all the lead mold right right and that is a that area especially on YouTube is also pretty lacking in the sense that some of my best i say my my most viewed videos are the stuff that i do quote in the shop it's it's modifying those molds to make them do something that they're not originally intended to do right how to make a how to make a fluid bed that that uh uh, introduces air to powder paint makes it float and it looks like it's it's fluid bubbling along you heat up the jig head put it down inside and you've got this beautiful thin coating mm. on the jig head, right? I mean, you could just take a, a cup and shake it around and just dip it in there, but you get it clumpy. And it's all this stuff that I learned when I was, you know. So bringing those worlds together, the soft, I was always uh, a lover of soft plastics growing up. I wasn't really a crankbait guy. I wasn't really a hardbait guy. I was a soft plastic guy and I was somewhat of a jig guy although back then i didn't know what the heck i was doing right um so i knew that it was just a matter of time before um i wanted to dive into the the soft plastic stuff and youtube has afforded me the opportunity to connect with some companies that want to work with guys and will send them products or send them um you know free starter kits and things like that which I was blessed uh, back in the day for do it to work out or do it to, wow. to reach out and say, Hey, you ever thought about soft plastics? We have a starter kit. Um, you want to, you want to try this. So that's incredible. That was Pandora's box, man. After that, it was, <laughs> it was over, right? I mean, it was done. Cause yeah. now it's a whole level of creativity and I, I have a very, um, I have a very extreme personality. Whatever it is that I do, I tend to do to the nth degree. Right. So I was a mountain biker, and I had 
everything top to bottom mountain bike right i i would sell all that stuff and i got into paintball I had a paintball business for a while and a tipman <laughs> a5 and i'm just going to scenario games with 300 guys in the woods you know That's it was crazy. a lot of fun it's like and then backpacking after that i had everything you needed for a week out in the woods um so when it was this this was kind of the next frontier and i think this will be the one so the, my point is there's no big surprise, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> when you, when, the shop when you looks st- like it does, and right. I've got what I've got because I just can't help it. If I love right. it, I just become you're, you're invested. Like yeah, I mean quasi obsessed, and right. I dig in deep, and then I just regurgitate it, and hopefully it makes sense when I do a right. video. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so funny though that you say that because like my my interests are are right in line with the exact same like i went from biking i didn't do paintball but i got an airsoft oh yeah like airsoft heavy like again you spend all this money and then backpacking same thing kayaking and then like taking backpacking trips like spending inordinate amount of money on like ultra light gear to Mm -hmm. like try to but again it's just sitting in my basement now like it's just but you get so invested into something and I, and I get that, but th- that's what my biggest admiration is, is like somebody that can, cause you almost have to have the ability to have more than one iron in this, like in the fire, right? Where, For sure. uh, that's where, where I'm, e- even though I make my own soft plastic molds, like even being like trying to do more than one, I have all of these ideas for new hard baits I want to make, but like even just trying to make production of the ones that I make mm. is difficult for me. And then somebody will order one of my apex sharks and I'm just like, Oh, I got to change gears to soft plastic now. And like, and then it's just like factory reset and things get left behind. And I, you know what I mean? And then I'm just yeah. all out of sorts, but then I'm on soft plastics now. So I'm making like all of my soft plastic molds. Cause I got those out and I'm forgetting about the hard baits and I got to go back, you know, and it's just, so somebody that's able to diversify themselves like you you have and been able to stay that focus, like I admire people that are able to do that because my brain doesn't work like that. I wish it did. And I do like look at people that do it and I think like maybe there's something I can do to like really hone my, my mind in. But it's just I'm a, I'm a bag of cats when it comes to, to trying to stay focused on things. So I can't um, – but I also know my – as as I get older, I, I I've I've come to realize what my kind of thresholds are. I have mm-hmm. a vice, like a, a fly vice, um, and I use it mainly just to put on like assist cords on treble hooks. Um, that's about as far as it goes. I might throw a couple feathers on a treble for like a trailer, yeah. but yeah. outside of that, like because for me. I know what it would take for me to get what I want in my mind. That's the problem with like, and I I don't like having an artistic eye is Mm -hmm. I know what I want to produce, but I can't do that. Like Mm -hmm. it was the biggest thing when I was in art school, I could do graphic design really well. I could do all these things, but you did life drawing or life painting and you put a real person in front of me and I tried to paint it and you would see people putting purples on the face and green and reds and then as it started to blend all together it would look like a real but there's so many different hues and pitches in people's uh. skin that it would just come together and look realistic i could never see that i try to mix the exact color and then shade and mine always looked like graphicy like it didn't look real 
So I know what my mind wants to see, but I can't always do it. But then I look at people like, and I mean, that's what got me in. Uh, like I've yeah. had Dangle Bates on here with Carson. Yeah. Like he used to, he used to tie trebles for blanks that I would spray. That's like how we started together. Mm-hmm. I remember and, that. But I, but I remember watching him and being like, how are you putting these colors together in the right spot while I'm painting it? Like, on, like me, I would have to try to envision it. And I know, so for me, I think for what it would take for me to get to that point, I would rather just be like, hey, Adam, uh, how much would it cost for you to do like, you know what I mean? Because I know there's people yeah. that are so much more talented for me to be like, Carson, I need you to rip me up a dozen trebles mm. just because you guys have that eye for it. I don't. So that's the only thing that I've started to learn is like when it comes to this, for me to stay in my lane because there's people like yourself that are so much better at it that I can now use as a resource and, and support for it because I, I know that I, I just my eyes don't my my hands and my eyes don't work in how i feel every time i watch one of nate's video like when he puts the airbrush paint i'm starting to paint yeah trying trying to learn this airbrush thing and it's like how did what why did you put that there right and then goes and goes and goes and ah yeah i wouldn't have ever thought in a million years Right, right? right but and here's the thing though you you put it on a vice you don't like it, you back off the thread and you take it off, right? Okay. You yeah, put yeah. something on a you put something on a jig. It's, it, it moved on you because as you cinch it down, the silicone turns a little bit. You know, it's not exactly where you wanted it, or or even even if you just cut out a clump of, of bucktail and you and you put it on there and it didn't spread out quite right, or it just something. There's more bucktail, right? I I back it off and I can redo it fairly easily. Okay. With this other stuff, it's like, it's on there, unless I'm going to recoat the whole dang thing in white and start <laughs> over on the 15th right, right. step. You know, what are you going to do? Right. I'm trying to learn a lot of that stuff, because it just, I mean, my if I was in your class, I'd have a stick person. I have zero, right, <laughs> like, artistic ability to even visualize what I think I want. I just kind of think, well, I think this color would look cool because i think it looks neat and i'll try to put it i don't know i have a lot to learn in, right, the, right. in the airbrush which, world which and see it's funny because like just talking it out with you and me talking like how many roadblocks i have with with tying things and stuff like mm-hmm. that like listening to you talk about painting with the same roadblocks like because in my head i wanted to just jump on you and correct you and be like i feel the other way like because for me knowing that i could just spray it white I could just add alcohol to it and wipe it down and it's gone. Uh, to know that I can just have a full reset at any point in time pushes me to try and to do new things because uh, at the end of the day, I can just factory reset it like right to the beginning. Yeah. But with painting, what I like is that like, I mean, I do it on my, my lives and stuff like that. Like I'll paint and I'll, I'll end up making something darker than I want. And with paint, you can just add a little bit of like pearl to to lighten it up you can add a little bit of sepia to darken it up like you yeah. can change hues you can oh you know what i i think and then just kind of do a splash of white and put more green on it now you brought dark like brighter greens like to me i feel like you can always just like you can just kind of mix like if if you don't like the first thing you tied and then it builds and then you're like oh i got to take off that first thing again you can't just like take that you have to cut 
in my head, you got to cut that first little feather out or whatever. Or pain, mm-hmm. if you've like what you started with and then you don't like it at the beginning, you just put another coat of paint over it and it's gone. Like you, you don't see it anymore. So for me, it's less like it pushes it pushes the boundaries because you're not you're not solidified on anything, right? Oh, interesting. Huh. The, the the only time that it really can catch up on you honestly is like when it's done and it's and i've done this a million times it's done you love it you got the eyes on there and then you're like you know what i think i want one more and then your 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 brush spits like something that's not expecting and you get yeah. like a, a couple dark blot like something that's harder to get but like that's that's a little tougher but again like it it gets to a point where you kind of just roll with the punches and unnatural is supernatural so like you know what i mean like that's another thing i've had to tell myself is like just because you got a weird line in it um that's cool like that happens in nature too like yeah i'm sure it's more me than the fish (laughs) right i mean it sounds like i need a me in the airbrushing world somebody because that that stuff right there what you just told me is gold i'm like i'm 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 literally in my head logging that away going all right yes i need to not freak out when something comes because i can just and I've heard Nate and others say, I'm going to tone that down later. This is really bright. It's on purpose. It's base coat. I'm going to tone that down later, right? So, I don't know. I, it's, I'm a yeah, perfectionist yeah. and but, whatever. But, so, if somebody's like, listen, I need you to go out to your shop. I need you to do something for this showcase. What is the thing in your heart that you're like, this is what I'm doing. This is this is the thing I love to do. This is what I'm going to make look the best. This like what do you in your heart say? Like this is my bread and butter. No question. If I ooh, that's a that's a good question. For both performance looks, nostalgia, proven catchability. Um, there's probably more than one thing, but I know on that list would be the first complete jig build that I designed, right? Um, so in the in the jig world, you hear a, uh, a term hybrid, and that's a lot of different opinions on what that could mean. But generally speaking, you're adding um, two different classifications of material to one jig. So it'll have both silicone and rubber, or it'll have, which, with act, which act very different in the water. Right, okay. rubber floats, poofs out. Silicone can float, but it also will kind of die down uh, in time as well. Um, so that could be a hybrid. Usually, it's a um, a mixture of silicone and some natural material, some natural hair or fur or something like that. Okay. So I created at the at the onset of um, SDG, I created a, a a jig design, four different colors at the time. Of course, I just I can do whatever with it now. Called a hybrid Z. So the hi- the the hybrid part we just talked about, but the Z is because it uses rabbit zonkers. So a, mm. a zonker is just I don't know where the heck the name came from, but it's just a rabbit. It's a strip of rabbit hide that still has the fur on it. Oh wow! Yeah. So, and it works marvelously to emulate um, crawfish because it floats. So think ah. of a crawfish on the bottom in a defensive position, right? Um, as that jig sits there, it's going to stand up. Actually, it'll, it'll be lifted, if you can believe it. The hook point will actually be lifted up 
because of those claws and those claws There's just sit straight up, that. and then the current kind of moves them around and everything. So the Hybrid Z has all three elements. It's got um, it's got silicone in it because silicone is where you're going to find all your fancy colors, all the different um, stripes and and uh, metallic flakes sometimes even in there, and different uh, natural markings and marblings. It's got rubber in it, which gives you bulk and flare. So as you're moving it very slowly, you've got a big profile that, that's undulating with the water. And then it's got those rabbit zonkers on it, which is the Z um, for the, the uh, natural aspect, right? I do that on a half-ounce pitching jig. And I've sold quite a few of those uh, over the years, and it's been awesome to see the pictures come back of folks that are just hammering them on it. Right, so right. That's, that's got to be in there. You know, from that, uh, it's crazy. Some of the things that I enjoy making, like a feeling of accomplishment after it's done, and look at it and go, that's awesome, are some of the things that don't, that sell the least on the shop, which is a which is a real shame. Um, <laughs> it always is. <laughs> you know, it's like I, maybe I'm biased, but one of these lead molds is a uh, do it ultra minnow head. So it's it's a very realistic minnow head with a collar, um, ninety degree hook, and you put bucktail on the back of it. Typically, I'll actually stack layers of bucktail over each other um i've even added a secondary hook to make it articulated so you'd have a a secondary hook in the back um which is really cool that's kind of another thing that i picked up from the streamer world right you had brian yeah Yeah, which i was just gonna say that sounds just like what brian was talking about absolutely you can just hook these things together and make an articulated streamer that you get that s from like um some of the glide baits and things like that, you can get a lot of that same action out of articulated flies. But uh, those are beautiful in my mind because they, yeah, they you are. can layer up the pe- the colors and the flashaboo and the flash that that you want to use for it and feathers. They just sit on the shop. Make the they make the web page look nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, get the attention. But uh, let me just bring you back a little bit because you're saying sure. like the custom bait that you were that you kind of. Uh, like started making with the with the rabbit zonkers or whatever yep, zonker, crazy yep. name it. The head of that jig was that custom? Like, did you mm-hmm. do you? Well, I mean, custom in the sense that I poured it myself. You poured it, right? So, so like, because I don't know anything about like pouring. I know people do it, mm-hmm. but like, is there just like a large catalog of different? Like, I guess you have to have a specific hook size for a specific lead. Like, so there's a lot of, um, specifics when it comes to what you're pouring, which sounds like someone's going to be like, yeah, idiot. Of course it's the specifics, but like, because I've thought about, this is the reason why I'm saying it is because I've made smaller soft plastics, um, like drop shot baits and stuff like that. And I have some small hooks and they're, uh, like the shoulder hooks, like the EWG hooks with the underspin blade on them. Uh, but I thought about like, if you could get a piece of lead perfectly poured in a specific spot that I want, that would, 
that I could pour right inside of my drop shot baits because it's a smaller hook. It's too small. I've looked on a bunch of different places for hooks of the same size with lead and I can't find them. But it's not just lead. It's how I would want the lead positioned in the body. Like it's very specific. Um, Have you like, is that, I guess, I guess you could get people to make those just the same way that you could get a custom soft plastic aluminum Mm -hmm. mold. You could. You'd have a lot of options, depending on where the weight would need to be. If it's back on the shank, then that's going to be a lot more difficult because, you know, do it, do it lead molds or all jig molds and the, and the weights up front, except for the um, weighted swim bait, swim bait hook, okay. right? That's going to be poured down yeah, the yeah. shank. Um, but they, but do it sells blanks. The same thing that you see behind me, right? Two handles clamped, right? right. Cast iron. It, there's blanks that you can cut and customize however you want to. So um, interesting. Yeah. So if you if it didn't have to be ultra precise, you could easily get a blank and just take a drill, drill out the spot where you want that. Take a file, outline where the hook would would lay. Right. You'd have to cut the sprue to get the the lead down in there and think think through just like soft plastics or, or just like right, resin. Right. right? What now is what is, is that go? metal made out of? That's aluminum. Like those are yeah. aluminum behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like huh. 35 40 bucks a piece and finished, right? I don't know how much the blank ones are, but uh, I do all kinds of modifications. Yeah, there's, there's, certain, there's certain lead molds that definitely take certain hooks, but that doesn't mean that you can't take a drill and I want a 60-degree hook versus a 30 or a 90-degree hook versus, a, you know, something like that. I'm going to put the hook in there, see where it lines up. If I can, as long as the lead can fall down the collar sufficient that I don't have a bare hook, right? That lead surrounds it. That's true. The, the hook could yeah. get too far in over to one side or the other in the lead collar. Um, so you look through all that, make sure it fits, and then just find your spot and drill it. Yeah, zoom. that's true. That's true. I never thought of it because I, like, there's a certain point too when I was, I do a lot of my waiting for my bait internally now. So once mm-hmm. I've made my mold and I've, I've, uh, like done the silicone and all that stuff. I I rig all my stuff weighted and then I pour my silica or my right. resin in. But when I was adding it externally, I kept thinking about like because at one point I cut a two by four and a half, like I drilled it and then mm-hmm. just chopped it in half and I tried to pour my lead into that, but like mm-hmm. it burns. Like so oh, your, yeah. your 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 OD changes and I'm like oh, that's a stupid idea. Like and I if they sell blanks like. That's a perfect solution because I use the same size billets. And if you just put like, you know what I mean? A, a half inch yeah. down uh, this size, half inch down to this size, then you can just have the exact, you just sit there one day and pour a thousand. Yeah. Out. You wouldn't even need a sprue. I mean, if you, if you, for that, same, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. Same logic and just open the thing up flat, right? I'm going to grab one. Uh, this is a swim jig. I know they okay. can't see it, but you can, yeah, right? It's, it's just open it up flat. Yeah. All this is flat, and then just carve out where you need and, and just literally dollop it down in there. That's true, yeah. That would totally work. Huh. Well, see, you're just, just constantly learning. <laughs> but like I said, I, I, right now I, I, I do all my waiting internally, and, and that's only because there's only so much sanding you can do in a day, and, and the less holes that I have to fill in sand, um, 
I just would rather take the flashing off and, and have it as finished as possible when it comes out sure. of the mold. So, but, and it but wouldn't need to look pretty I mean. either. I mean, the the way that those are machined, you want the head to look pretty because you're going to see it. Something like that, you wouldn't just get it in there. That's right. That's right. Interesting. So, so I kind of brought you back to what it was and then I'm going to go forward again. But So you're thinking like one of your, your jigs. that Yeah, like the hybrid Z. I mean, that, that just has be... a special place. Yeah. Right. Right. I'd be remiss if it, you know, if I didn't look at soft plastic some as well. I'm, I've I've owned molds from almost every company. Um, I've never I've never owned anything from Bug Mold or from um, there's one in Israel, um, Al or something like that. Anyway, um. I've never owned from them, but I know other guys have. But Fat Guys Fishing, AI, BTS, Fast Tackle, uh, of course, Epic. I've owned them all, right? And I've slowly sold them all, except for Epic. So everything that I've got now, just due to the fit finish, the performance, everything about it. Of course, Jason and Amanda, you've had on the show before. They're yeah. fantastic people. They've been a pleasure to work with. So it would be I would be remiss if I didn't bring to that vicious event some of that stuff as well <laughs> um I, I've, I have a, i have fewer injection molds than i used to which is interesting just the the longer i do it i used to buy molds that i thought would sell well and but i wouldn't use as often and anymore it's like i want to own the things that i'm that i use that i'm excited to use and i'll make that and if people like it then they, then they can buy some too Right, you know, which is really right, really right. cool. Um, the jack of all trades, as it were, is trying very hard to get a hold of things and bring it <laughs> and in. So, and you know what I'm saying? All. Like, yeah. I need a little bit more focus in my life because I'm trying to do everything, and if if that's something that I can do. But I say that, and then I say, but I'm also into, uh, but I'm also into uh, open pouring. Recently, right, right. only in the, right, in the right. last six months or so oh my gosh i love it man it, i can't oh it's so good you know i can't i can't do it i, I you can't I've, open I've pour? To, i thought you open poured your i do but very let's be very specific with what i do <laughs> i look at the things that you guys are doing and you know arthur's doing and yeah. chris is doing all you guys like you're pouring these masterpieces putting stripes like all i pour a full body like my apex are full it's mm-hmm. i've i very specific when i say you get two colors um because if i do more i don't want to ruin the look of it i don't want to make it look yeah. because i don't have that skill um but i mean i can make a really cool shark looking or like you know what i mean a, a full body yeah, with I a have white a belly of those. I, yeah. i've gotten those figured out but i like when it comes to doing some of the open pores that you guys are doing that is just like it's just I, again I know when I've when I need to just say this is what my capabilities are. I don't have that and ability. This is where I'm going to bring it back. Like it's uh, honestly, I, I I think me doing what I just said I do. Like I, I just I just had this conversation with somebody last night, and that is like it's almost a defense mechanism for myself to be like, oh, I can't do that, so I'm not going to do it. It's because mm. I'm I'm truly afraid of. 
getting invested more into one thing more than another and leaving something behind that I wasn't done with. Because yeah. I, that's because when we talk about like what we're doing, biking, I biked until I didn't want to bike anymore. And then I got all this stuff that just lays around. Mm. Airsoft guns. I got six of them in my house that just batteries dead. They just collect dust once in a while. Like my kid yeah. will wonder what it is. Backpacking. Like I said, I got it hanging up. I got like water pills and, you know, platypus mm-hmm. packs and just sitting oh, yeah. there, which, which nothing happens with. So I know that if I it's the reason why i don't have an aluminum mold. i have one do it uh, stick bait mold yeah and that's because i wanted to try inject i've never tried it i always made one of the things i said you know i see you guys i'm gonna get one small little four ounce injector i'm gonna get a stick bait mold and i've shot it maybe now i can probably say i've maybe shot it a dozen times it's fun but i don't want to because they're perfect when they come out my molds that I make aren't always perfect. I have to, you know, yeah. finesse them, and then sometimes I got to re-pour them. Sure. This comes out other than pitting because I it was too cold when I poured it. They come out perfect every time, and that for me is like, oh, I could see me investing, and I I'm not done with what I'm doing yet because suddenly sure. like the hard baits will go away with me, and like that's kind of like where my heart is is with the carving so yeah it's 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 a dangerous thing for me but that's why like i just said it out loud and i had this conversation like it's it's a it's a defense mechanism that i tell myself like i can't do that so don't get invested in it because i know that if i do get invested i'm sure that i would put the time and energy into getting better at it but i'm afraid of what i would leave behind yeah with doing that you know what i mean makes you want to be full-time i mean it does me (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, what I could learn and the stuff that I'm a, I want to be more natural or more easygoing or more just a day in the shop on my videos. But I've always been a a teacher. Um, Matter of fact, even professionally, I'm a finance guy. I'm a business operations manager for a company right now. But prior to that, I used to travel all over the northern side of West Virginia, um, which is where I live, teaching teachers and school personnel how to understand their retirement. So I oh, would, wow. Yeah. So I would talk to six people in a small room or 200 people in an auditorium, right? And I just always had a knack for public speaking and, and comfortable with that and in that teaching. So, you know, I, I, I find myself wanting to be more relaxed and more and more engaging than a teacher on youtube but at the same time i know if i was full-time like i was saying i would create this i just know i would i would create this this comprehensive soup to nuts approach to the things that i feel most confident about and put that out there and and folks would eat it up not even behind a paywall just create something like that which you kind of get from the channel already because you can piece in part and, and and things of that nature but yeah if if i had the time and the resources and the ability you know get retired or something and and not have to make an income doing it full time and and really being able to dive into all of those areas i mean i held off on i thought about making hard baits for a long time talk about an investment now you're bandsaw and you know just 
I'm looking at them, right? The drill yeah, press. Yeah. I'm thinking about a scroll saw. So I have this that for the lips versus a bandsaw for the wood, you know, and I want to mix it. And, you know, belt sander and the thousand other things that come along with it. Um, and yet here I am. I have it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I but in the, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what am I going to lose? I can't do it all. So what am I going to lose skill wise or motivation wise in order to learn this new thing? I think right. it's going to be worth it. I, I agree. And that is one thing that like, I mean, the stuff that I said, I don't use the bikes sitting there. Mm-hmm. I still take my kids for bike rides and I got a bike yeah, for that. Absolutely. Like, like the airsoft guns. Not that I use those very often, but they're fun to shoot around in the basement if I'm just waiting for something to cool down. And that doesn't happen very often. Like I said, the batteries are all dead, but I have picked them up. I got little like cock back ones, handguns, um, uh, like the backpack. If I go camping or something, I bring it just yeah. because it's got like it's got a little camp stove. It's got everything in in a backpack. Like so, there's things that I do have that I don't do anymore. But I'm like, it's nice to have it. Um, it's the same thing with with what I work with with baits. I buy stuff and I buy stuff in bulk because I don't use it. And then one day I'm like. I could use that and i'm like i got that you know what i mean like so for me it's it's nice i'm bad that way as like far as hoarding goes because i'm just it's nice to have the things that you need when you need them and the skills to do it um you talking about like something to cut lips and then like that's my thing right now i'm making a musky beer right now it's my first lip bait that i've ever like produced and i'm gonna need to make tons of them really that's the first lip bait you've ever produced no kidding yeah i make all lipless swim baits um I, 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 huh. I, I well when some of the wood ones when I first started had lips, but yeah. they, I mean we're talking about like maybe a couple dozen. Like I, I'm not. Wow. This this is like as far as the production of like my razor and all the other baits, the mag blades, yeah. they're all been lipless swim baits. And uh, but I like that challenge. I like to be able to make something move the way you want it to move and not rely on the lip. partially a cop-out because i also didn't want to cut a lip for every bait i made like because you're cutting it you're sanding it you're you're so um i mean i I got something in the works right now and i I want to shout them out but i I, i'm gonna give it i'll probably shout them out because i'm gonna have them on the podcast but i found someone that like reached out to me that was working with that has a cnc machine and make them for you but then i was like do I get a CNC machine? Like, one of those. But then I, I see if they like, make a mini. Will it fit in my garage? <laughs> it's just serious. But honestly, and then like you look at guys like, and I'm going to butcher his name, but I think it's like super potamus. I think, um, I'll, I'll tag it in the, in the description like properly, but like he's a 3d printer and he made like Godzilla and stuff like like oh but, that's right yeah but but you like you're like oh 3D printing could be a good idea uh-huh. like i could do so you know what i mean and then i just get into these rabbit holes and i'm looking them up online and being like okay if i sell my car i could probably get mm-hmm. one like you know, i got to i got to learn CAD drawings and everything <laughs> that's else that's right yeah, but know. it's just like but for as far as the lips go like i found somebody that's able to i can outsource that and they're willing to work with me and it's going to be like i think it's going to be a real cool partnership like we we got some things working but yeah. uh, again like it's it's one more thing that i don't have and that's what's deterred me for so long so like it's i don't know it's uh, again it's something what i don't want to do i don't like to do but i also found somebody that is able to do it and more efficiently than i can and yeah 
You know what I mean? As long as cost is right, because there's always a price point for everything sure. um, where it gets to a point where you're like, you know, it's just cheaper for me to get the CAD machine. Or get the, it etched the, in. Get it good. Oh, oh yeah. You got to get it I, etched I, in. I got something. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't answer my phone. He messaged. He just messaged me. I just saw it. And he said, are you ready to see these? And I'm, I'm not even going to look at it because oh. I'm not ready to see them yet. But uh, they are, to my understanding, they're like from what we've worked with, they're going to be very, very cool. So, I mean, my lip design, I already kind of um, designed it to kind of be cool. It looks like an axe Which was head, fantastic. Like, which I thought was really cool. So, like, being able to do the things that we've worked together, I think it's going to be awesome. But, anyways, things to come. Spoiler alert. We've got some things in the work. But As your first musky bait, too, right? First, I mean, you, they cross over, yeah, but like the first official, official musky bait, yeah, like it'll be labeled as a musky bait. It's mm. uh, so it's um, that's kind of, and I've, I've mentioned this in podcasts before. I do kind of want to tailor a bait for every aspect of fishing for every type of fisherman, so that anybody that's like, oh, I don't do that type of fishing, can say I, I have this if if you're interested. And that's just because, again, when we talk about why I do this, it's a love of mine, it's a passion of mine. I would do it right. regardless, but. There is a little bit, and again, it might be as I get older, but there's there's kind of a little bit of that legacy thing. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just mm-hmm. like, one day, and nobody's going to know who it is in 15, 20 years, 30 years from now. Like, you know what I mean? Who knows where like the baits go or what happens? And But somebody might find it and be like, yeah. what is that? A hash mode concept? Like, what is, you know what I mean? But I want that to be kind of just something that somebody somewhere has and has it in their box or has it on their wall or has it in their car. And it's just like, yeah, that's a pretty sweet beta. You know, there's a, it was a garage builder that I got it from. Like, so yeah, I do want to try to spread it. So I do want to be able to tailor kind of something for everybody. Um, but this is definitely the biggest venture. It's the big, it's the most costly. Like it's the biggest bait I've ever made. The hardware is the biggest. Everything's the biggest on it. So, but I'm really excited about it. It's it's going to be a good one. It looks so. fantastic. The prototypes, anyway. Well, I appreciate nice. it. Yeah. I mean, and I got it swim. Like that's and you're getting into that with hard baits. And I mean, I mean, that's one thing that I think hard baits have over. I shouldn't say over jigs and stuff like that because like I can't talk to that. But over like soft baits that you pour is that whether you it's kind of if you do a sinking or a floating blend or like that is a variable but having a bait that you make and not know if it's going to swim and then put it together and it doesn't swim so then you got to alter it and then like if you have production in mind like i do like you're going through like that bait alone went through four wood masters that i wasn't happy with so i just kept changing it it went through like eight or nine different lips and then, and then I molded it because I loved it. And then it, I, I think I've poured probably 20, 15, 20 of them because I put all my hardware internally. So, so I know somebody's going to come on here and be like, well, why don't you just mount it externally until you find the way? Because that's not how I do it. That's not my process. I waste things, okay? That's how I do it. So, so, so for me, but I, I mark them all down. And then, again, I like to visually see my process. So... It's yeah. just something, it's wasteful, it's not cost effective, but it's how I've done it. But when you get that one, do exactly what you want, and you're like, that is, which is what I liked about the lipless swim baits, is like, it would take me a lot to get the exact action with the sink mm-hmm. or the float. So you get that one, and then it's not that one, it's the next one, that you do the exact same thing and it works, so you know that you've duplicated right. it. Right, like, fluke. Like, yep. this, is, this is the formula, this is, yeah. and then you're like, I've got something. And that's, 
with hard baits. That's what, that's my drive, that feeling. And the worst part is, is the minute I get that feeling, I could honestly put that bait away and be like, all right, get the next piece of wood out. Let's go. I got my next idea going, but I know that I got to then actually start moving those baits. So testing it externally like that too, right? I mean, where it is, even how high up in the body will change both the action and the, right? I mean, if you just hang everything off the butt or off the, off the belly, that's different than if you're putting that weight way up midline or, or above or for or sure. So, so when, what, what people will do is uh, like hot glue is a, a pretty common thing, but like oh. you, you glue, you glue them onto the actual belly where you'd want them or on the tail where you want them. You're, you're basically on one side or the other of the actual material itself. But what you're doing is you're getting the right weight proportion mm-hmm. because if, if, if it's, whether it's just inside the belly or just on the outside, as long as it's not hanging down too much to actually cause drag, you're going to get the relative action. So you're going to be able to move those weights around, get where you want it and then drill them in or pour them in or whatever you're going to do and then get that action consistently, um, which a lot of people do. And it's a great idea. And you're all geniuses. It's just, I don't work that way. I'm, I'm wasteful, but we all have our process. No hate me, but, (laughs) but so to, to kind of flip the script a little bit, um, to go back, you know, you're fishing, you're, you said, sorry, did you, where did you say you were? West Virginia? West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia. Are you doing more shore fishing then when you do get the chance to get out or are you in the boat? Or yeah. You... Yeah. So I, uh, I would love, I used to have a kayak, um, but I just didn't take it out as often as I wanted to. And I knew I could sell it and buy a bunch of injection molds, which is exactly <laughs> what I did. Uh, I sold that. I had a trailer. I mean, there was, I had a motor inside. And nice was, setup. I was fishing hands-free, so to speak, right? That's I'm awesome. fishing while it's going down. I'm steering with my feet. It was a nice rig. Um, electronics on it the whole nine yards. But, yeah, I sold that and literally turned it all over into uh, Epic Bait uh, right. injection molds right. about a year and a half ago. But, um, yeah, I, so I'm usually at the on the bank. There's no big water anywhere. Right. Right. To me, fishing is pretty atrocious unless you've got private ponds or private waters that you can get into. Anything public okay. is both small and overrun. So it's not an easy place to go out. It's, well, it's not an easy place to have a YouTube channel and try to make something and, go, <laughs> and then go catch something on it. Let me right. just tell you that. Right. The but, cast uh, catch is a little tougher. Yeah, that's pretty tough. But so yeah, I would love to have a boat someday, but I also have an extremely weak stomach. So, you know, like big sea fishing or even uh, ocean fishing would be, I'd have to. But just the choppy waters is, is yeah, tough, man. Toast, man. Well, when, okay, when you're shore, fishing shore, because I, 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 I got to ask, and I've actually was notified that I forgot to ask it on a couple of last ones people were pretty upset about, yeah. was uh, like shore snacks. Well, I say oh, boat I snacks, but shore snacks. You bring in, is there like... Are you a snacker while you're out there, or are you like a eat before nothing? Yeah, yeah, I'll have a little something. I'd say if there was anything, um, the one one's probably probably uh, unique to my area. Uh, a more general one is a Gordettos. You know what Gordettos snack mix? No, oh, no. Man, Explain, please. Yeah. Oh, it's just a con- it's a conglomeration of like pretzels and little thing, little wheat. Thingies and then 
uh, rye chips are in it, but it's kind of got this garlic hint to it, but it's real spicy. It's not spicy as in hot, but just, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. good. But it's like a trail like, mix, though. It's like a trail it. mix without the nuts, and, and it, oh, okay. it's all, you know, uh, pretzel-y type. So that's really all good. All carbs. Like that. Huh? All carbs. All carbs, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, all carbs. Um if I'm, if I, when I went on the, if I was going out for a long time, or when I did go out on the, on the uh, kayak, I would take with a, with me pepperoni roll. So a pepperoni roll, right? West Virginia is known for coal mining and stuff. Okay. So these guys would go down in the coal mines, and they would, they wouldn't bring a sandwich. They would just say, get some pepperoni, cut it up, slices or stick, and stick it inside of bread, and they would take that down the coal mine. And that would be their lunch, right? Convenient. Da, 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 da. So that became a West Virginia staple. Every now and then you see some in Pittsburgh or some of the surrounding, but some people call them pepperoni buns. Uh, most of the time it's pepperoni rolls. And it's literally a roll, smash it out, make it flat. The sticks are better, in my humble opinion. You cut up <laughs> the sticks and you roll this thing just like that. You pinch the edges, you put them in the or put them in the oven, and uh, put a little egg wash on top, so it's nice and crusty brown. Interesting. And all of those juices from that pepperoni like sink just... to the bottom, and they make the bottom just crispy and delicious. And... Oh, I haven't. I'm going to be honest with you. We're we're at like two thirty right now. I haven't eaten today, and like Me that neither. Literally, <laughs> that literally tell? made my mouth water. <laughs> I, so I could go for that right now. That sounds absolutely yeah. fantastic. You can put cheese in them. Guys cut them open and put like uh, peppers and sauce in them. I mean, yeah. Dynamite. The pepperoni rolls were definitely a staple. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Now, like you're not a, you're not a superstitious kind of like bananas on boats kind of. I'm not. not never have been. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fate and karma and all that stuff. I don't. I don't attest any of it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bring on the bananas, man. <laughs> I literally just had one. I I lied. I ate. I ate a banana while where I was trying to get the audio <laughs> figured out. I needed some potassium. Uh, no, that's interesting. So, with being again, this is getting into the question portion. With yeah. being uh, the multi bait maker, um, uh, less of like what you make, more of like traditionally three baits that you always found yourself mm. even like confidence baits that you would even have now in the box like sure old school but whatever the case may be like what would three baits you bring kind of to every situation doesn't mean you're going to throw them yeah. but they're never they're never leaving the box um i mean in the winter you can't do with it but if it's spring summer or fall i will always have a chatterbait Right, I will always have a bladed jig on. I've caught so many fish on a bladed jig. My biggest bag, which isn't very big, it's less than twenty pounds, but it all came in the flurry of about twenty minutes on a chatterbait, sinking down to the bottom and just bumping along. So it was one that I made, but it was still the the idea behind a chatterbait just lights them up. So, um, the chatterbait for sure, I. I grew up loving soft plastic, so it would have to be kind of a toss-up between a shaky head and drop shot. I got into, I got into drop shot fishing later in in my fishing career. Never really understood it until I tried to understand it better and have had a lot more luck with it. Besides that, 
I don't know how I love I love fishing a jig in a very specific way, like a pitching jig. Um, I'm I'm uh, a target fisherman, so pitching docks, skipping under dock, pitching at target, more so than just casting it out. I've never been a big football head guy that just dragging it on the bottom okay. and, and things like that. But uh, a pitching jig, shooting at targets or pitching to targets, or right? Just something about a dock bite. When you hit it, when you get right next to that pylon, you know, and it drops down and donk, and you it's can so feel good. it first, and then just put it through the eyeballs. Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, I, 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 again, I, I talk. I, I could say I talked about this last night about basically everything because I talk about fishing to yeah. everybody that I can that's willing to listen. But I was just talking about that, like t- picking areas, like not like being very specific when you're fishing. Like, don't get me wrong, I like open water search, like fishing and 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 drop shotting for that reason, and I, I do enjoy that uh, drift fishing like that. It's yeah. it's it's easy going, but you're still like participating. You're still active, but getting in on a specific shorelines, picking that shoreline, finding that little inlet, that little like estuary that you're going to go and comb and putting that bait in. And like I was saying to, to a guy that I was talking to yesterday about it, like when you get, you look at that spot and you, you just got that feeling and you put it right where you want it to. And it's almost like there's no splash. The water just opens up in a funnel and you don't feel the bite. It just goes right into something's mouth and you're just hook setting like there that feeling is just i don't it's it, again it's it's primal it just takes yeah. it takes your breath away but i, I like it. that I like, I, I like that that style of fishing and i i mean i i wish i could do more of that i wish i could get out and do more of that um we have a lot of big water here that we're the opposite i have tons of big i'm literally wedged between lake ontario and lake erie oh, um so we got a lot of big water but if i want to go up north a little bit there are smaller places but when it comes to like combing shorelines and docks and stuff like that that's a little less prevalent around me but mm-hmm. I, I love that fishing i love that like because that's where you get out at like 6 30 7 o'clock in the morning i got a coffee there's still a little bit of smoke on the water and you just cruise oh it's getting me nostalgic right now it's, it's making me mad that it's i'll be bringing coffee up. Doesn't really go well with a pepperoni roll, but coffee's good no matter what, right? That's true. It's so true, dude. I want to. I I want. You know, I showed you this earlier with the the jig and the fly on either side, right? Yeah. I'm convinced that there's a way to do that same thing with hard bait. To take the world of fly fishing and the materials used there and integrate it into hard bait, like when I. One of the confidence baits is, is a is a caterbait, right? Is a bladed right. jig. I think I think Nate made a, a wooden chatterbait at one point. I've seen one picture of a guy on YouTube that put bucktail on the back of a hard bait or a hard body chatterbait. Um I've never seen I've not seen that done anywhere else. But to try to think through how can I bring the natural furs and hairs and, and things of that nature and all the other materials that I use on the non-traditional side of jig fishing or jig making and bring that into the hard bait world. I mean, can you imagine like an articulated bucktail on the back of a hard body um, chatterbait? Just, right. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was talking to uh, 
fly fishing the Ozark, Brian. Yeah. Uh, I like we were talking about that. We're like, I've never seen those two things, like a, a like a swim bait front half with like a a streamer yeah, tail. That's right. Like how cool? How cool would that be? And then, honestly, two months later, I see them, and I'm not saying. And this isn't me saying really. Like, we put it out there. It's just maybe I never noticed. Like maybe oh. I never looked for it. But I saw some, and I wish I would have. Like because it was really well done. They did a little fish head, and they did a streamer body. But then, I mean, outside of talking with Brian, then yeah. I started thinking, kind of what you're saying, not the chatterbait though. That's a good idea because that would have a lot of movement and that would be pretty cool to see. Um, I was thinking like musky baits because this was still only oh, like yeah. three inches long, but you could get like half of a musky bait and then get one of those giant like bucktail musky baits with the oh, double yeah. treble. Like, because then that you can just put a whole deer <laughs> leg. Yeah. Just Wes's you could put work, a whole metal head. Yeah. Put a whole rooster on the back of it. And then like, you know what I mean? You got something completely different, but I'm I'm gonna have to because again that's not my world. I'm gonna I'm gonna whoever it is, I'm gonna pair up with somebody and do some kind of split venture and figure something out because I just think that would be really cool to do. Like I, it would just be something fun. Yeah. I do like having little projects like that on like on the side, even though I'm I'm super busy. Like something to kind of turn my focus to and and do something different. Like that's something that I'm gonna I'd love to see because you're right. It's on a chatterbait something like that with 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 like a, a streamer tail or bucktail like mm-hmm. stick some ostrich on the back of that guy tons I, mean, of I got it over there right I mean, what the heck man <laughs> put it on there let it go Jeez, absolutely and i mean that's that's also the fun of what we do right like you can the more you do the more you learn outside of the box things that that are possible because i could say like i want something to fly like and you're like oh, you can't make it fly but you can think about other things that are capable, and you're just like, I just got to figure out how to connect A to B. I just got to get the line connected, and I could do it. It's part of the soft plastic thing that's fun. For sure. A zonker strip. I got to get one. Hold on. This is a swim jig, right? The swim jig that's got zonker strips coming out. It's, it's tied in right yep. there at the base. Hopefully, there we go. Tied yep. in at the base, right? That's a zonker strip. So you got the leather. I see. But. It, it lays back in such a way. Oh, yeah. You could embed this on the top of a swim bait and look just like a pin. 100%. Right? I mean, it's got the it's got that. And then it, it does sink down. It does kind of you know, flatten. But this this hair, if you've ever seen it underwater, I, I have a test tank that I'll put a lot of my baits in for video purposes or testing or whatever. And that hair, even though on a retrieve, it'll lay back. when it When it slows down at all, Thinking about a, a glide, right? Mm. And just it'll just come back. I mean, it's like it's brief, right? Right. Mm. For for those that aren't seeing that, I'll I'll, I'll make sure to get a a picture of it and post it uh, with this with this episode, so you guys know exactly what I'm talking about or what or stuff. What, what Adam's talking about. But that that is awesome. Um, bucket list trips, <sighs> three, three bucket list trips anywhere in the world, 24 hours per location to to get a good experience. Yeah. At that bucket list fish, where are you going? What are you doing? Well, assuming that my stomach has uh, also been somehow magically yes, yes, yes. <laughs> take, take these are bucket <laughs> You take out all that. We're, we've got gravel or whatever. You yeah. dye whatever. You you've got the strips on whatever. You know, 
So I have two that I've heard before on here, and I have one that I've not heard before, and it might, some may consider it lame, but I don't care. It's on my list. Um, so we'll get that one out of the way. I want to catch a double-digit bass. I want to ca- yep. catch a double-digit largemouth bass. Oh, smallmouth would be fine, too, but, I mean, there's a whole lot more double-digit largemouth out there. Yeah, double-digit smallie. Yeah. So <laughs> a 10-pound-plus bass is on the bucket list. My PB is less than six. Right, it's over five, less than six. I'd love to just start or keep climbing that ladder, but a double-digit bass would be fantastic. Um, I'm definitely a bass fisherman at heart. I mean, before you move on from that, like that's one thing we've talked about is like bass is regional. Like it's Mm -hmm. if I said my biggest bass is three pounds, people like really? Like I've caught a four. There's no fourteeners around me. Like you, yeah, you're exactly. dreaming if it, there's a 14 one, like maybe in some pond somewhere that like is untouched, you might find one, but like, it's not, those aren't things that are, yeah, for are sure. possible for me. Like if I'm pulling, if you get a seven, eight pounder, like you're like, you're tipping scales. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a monster. I think I've had, I've had an over six on the line. I was, I was at my, the best place that I know of around here, it was at dusk. A little later than dusk, so it was pretty darker than dusk, and I was throwing a black buzz bait, and it just absolutely annihilated it. And I got it about six feet, five feet from the bank. Never saw it, but it tacoed the rod more than anything I've ever had on. So it was right. at least six, maybe seven. I don't know, but I lost it at the at the bank. Never saw it. Um, but yeah, so down in Texas or something, right? Yeah. I go hang out with Middle River and. And, uh, and that's right. Get Austin out there. It's <laughs> a giant bass down there. That'd be sweet. Um, on the ocean, yeah, I would love to catch a, a Goliath grouper. I just think that would be phenomenal just to mm-hmm. see it even. And so many guys get down in the water with it. Yeah. Get pictures right beside it. That's pretty unique with that fish. Um, so I would love to I'd love to do that. And then uh, my third man, I'd probably come up here neck of the woods and go for a trophy muskie i've never i've never caught a muskie even on accident i caught a small pike one time forever ago and about lost my mind that was a long time ago i didn't even know what the heck it was i was like what is this thing it's like a long tube it's awesome it's like 24 inches oh my gosh uh but anyway yeah a big a big muskie and i have those around here we've got a couple rivers and a couple creeks um that definitely have prehistoric size musky i just gotta go out and do it right right but, but to I go mean, up to your neck of the woods would be sweet yeah that that's one thing that like because we do have great musky fisheries up here and mm-hmm. uh I, I i i do try to do everything myself and i try to learn myself and i but i'm i've never turned down good information i've never turned down insight and with this musky bait because musky guys are very 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 particular with what they use uh, I've already broken a lot of rules that they stand by and they won't want to use my bait because of, really? because of it. Oh, 100%. Oh. There's a few things. Um, there'll be a few that, that will try it out. and But I've I've reached out, which is something I've never done with any other bait, which is reached out to multiple, multiple musky bait mm-hmm. makers and musky fishers um to find out to make a bait that musky guys would want to use like yeah it looks cool i I try to make all my baits look cool but function is first on everything Mm -hmm. and something that they would want to 
what they're looking for, whether it's dive depth, whether it's action, like what is really calling. And within talking to those guys, muskie has made it. Not that I've ever not wanted to catch a muskie, but talking to the guys that are in the 50 inch club and like where the, like, you know what I mean? They, they talk about, they can't help but talk about their experiences. And like when you get it close to the boat and like what you, what they want the bait to be able to do when they're figure eighting and like Mm -hmm. all of these things. And you're just like, and I'm doing it for research, but in my head, I'm like, you know what? That is getting pushed up higher and higher in that top. They're like, it wasn't in my top three because the bucket list, I'm thinking like, these are like the never will I ever's. But, but then like, I think about these muskies and like my, my motivation to do some hard musky fishing this year is it's definitely elevated. Like I definitely want to push because it is, it's something that not all people have in their fisheries and we do have a great musky fishery up here. Um, and right across Canada, like there's a lot of musky fisheries right across Canada. Um, but yeah, it's such a sense of accomplishment. Cause they're, you know, I mean, they're, they're called a fish of a thousand casts for a reason. So part of that, and just like hard bait, it's such a sense of accomplishment when you put that much work for one thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's I can right. pour a cup of plastic, put it in the microwave for two and a half minutes, and like five minutes later, I got a bait. That's right. not, you know, I can go catch a bluegill all day long if I really want to, but to land a muskie of any size, that would just, part of the joy would be the accomplishment of it, even beyond just the experience of feeling it bite and all of that. Right. And I mean, like I've caught, I've caught two muskie. Oh, I've, I shouldn't say I've landed one muskie. Uh, the first muskie I ever had on though, I lost it at the boat and I had like a one eighth jig with a twister tail on it on in a boat, but I was just, it was early morning and I was kind of using it. It's before I really like got right into fishing and I didn't know the tackle that I had, but essentially what I was using it for was the first search bait. I was just kind of cast out. I was kind of combing the whole whole area that i was in and we were on this lake and i remember it bit and i was with my buddy and it pulled down and i'm like this thing's huge i got eight pound tests on no leader i'm literally just i'm bass fishing (laughs) it was bass opener up here and it starts running and i go dude this thing's huge and he goes what is it I i don't and then it came up to the like maybe about eight feet it was early morning like i said so you couldn't see deep but the the lake's glass but it rolled and it was kind of had like a silvery side to it and Mm -hmm. i go and i'm there's salmon in this lake like that was my thought there's a salmon in here i'm like what the heck is that and then it it kind of dove i played with it for about maybe 10 15 minutes and then it stood up and like in a movie in my mind i remember it coming out of the water head first slowly like it, it wasn't like it shot up I'd brought it up to the surface, it headed up, we had the net there, and like in a show, slow motion, I watched it kind of just turn its head almost to look at me, and when it did it, I watched the line, that eight pound test, travel from one side of the mouth to the other, like it was going across a serrated blade, and I just watched that line slow motion snap in the side of its mouth and go out, and it just dipped back underwater, and I watched it swim away, and like, devastated, like I was... (laughs) I was like, that was a muskie. That was a muskie. And then that day, maybe four hours later, on a rippling redfin, I caught another one. And and that was the one I landed. And that was 36 inches, and which isn't a huge fish. But it was yeah. the biggest fish, like longest fish I had ever caught to that point. Uh, it was a healthy size, too. It wasn't like a skinny one. It was like a nice, healthy size. And 
I remember being like, I remember getting it, getting the picture real quickly, putting it back in the water and then like resuscitating it forever and being like, this one's only 36. Like put another 20 inches on this. Like no, right? mind blowing, like absolutely mind blown, dude. Like I couldn't believe it, but so you that, weren't targeting that one though, right? I was Having never caught one earlier is like, let's go for that now. You were still bass fishing. Yeah, never, never targeting them. Um, but that definitely sparked it sparked something in me to, to be a possibility. But it wasn't until like la- last year I started fishing my big baits for muskie. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go into muskie areas. Um, but this year I think I'm going to specifically target times and because they talk about moon cycles and they talk mm-hmm. about like, like it is detailed. So I'm going to try to, and I, again, I now have some pretty cool resources to talk to and, and guys that'll help me out to try to figure that out. But like, I want to try to, I want to try to get, I want to try to break my personal best of 36 inches, at least a 40 inch this year. I'd love to try. So we'll see. We'll see Windows, right? The majors and the minors and all of that. Oh, it's so much. And, and I'm not. I love hearing about that stuff. I'm so bad with it. It's like it's like when guys talk about rods and reels and like being gearheads and all the details. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. And then like somebody asked me, and I'm like, this one's a good one. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Like <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't keep track of it. But I'm a sucker for for like the nuance. And the, like I said, musky guys are uh, bass guys will be like that though. They're like, if if it's this temperature, you want to be here. I talk to tournament bass fishers and then hearing how their brain works. You're like, I would never fish that area at that point in time, but they know where to go. Like, it's just, it's everybody's smarter than me when it comes to it. So I just try to take that information the best I can. <laughs> Eat it up. But anyways, I don't want to, I, cause I've already took you for almost two hours now, even though this is an hour and a half, like 20 minutes. So mm. I, I do want to say what, what, where can, I know you have a website, right. um, SDG, uh custom lure craft yeah it's all the same so youtube video or youtube stuff uh the only difference with instagram is there's a underscore between each sdg underscore custom underscore lure craft um and then yeah sdg lure craft dot com so like if somebody wants something custom made some custom baits where's the best place to reach out to you to, to get something to get your your rabbit zonkers yeah something like do you do custom orders or do you every every guy that comes on this podcast is like yeah i used to do custom orders i don't do those anymore <laughs> and know, i'm right I there know. i've done those in the past there's something uh you had a guy on um the uh the decoy guy yeah and he was one of them anyway was talking about how even if the the guys that order are really relaxed about it they're like just get to it whenever you can me in my head yes pressing right You're on I that time line. Yep. so i stopped doing uh, outside of like just personal friends and, and who need something or want something or whatever i stopped doing custom orders a while back but i do try to post to the website as often as i can um we're redoing it now pulled all the baits off but i was up until the wee hours last night making a bunch of soft plastics and some of that stuff that we were talking about today so Excited to relaunch the website. We'll put it out there, and folks can, if they like awesome. what they see, they can grab something then. And a lot of times, the YouTube builds, unless I really want to keep it, right? Uh, even on the hard baits, one of the things is I'm diving into those. I'm trying to make two or three at a time. 
so I can have one and then post stuff because guys will ask me, hey, can I get one of those? Yeah, but a lot yeah. of times the YouTube build will end up there too. Very cool. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll continue, even though most people go to the way of drops and stuff like because it's more mm-hmm. most economic. Um, uh, every time I post an episode and I include a picture of the person that I've talked to, like what they do, yeah. I have one person message me and say, "Can I get that?" Like I make it, and I'm like, "No." So like I just I like to specify like. It, because there's always going to be someone that's going to say, hey, I love this. Can I get it in white? Can I get it? And mm-hmm. I just try to be clear whether or not you do it as as custom orders. Because, I mean, I try not to, but I do. I still do custom orders. I'm basically 100% custom order. Just because I, I take so many custom orders that I have to stop taking custom orders. And then I don't have time to do a drop. Because yeah. by the time I'm done those custom orders, somebody will ask me. And I'll be like, yeah, I guess I got time to do one now. And... I no, guess especially in the way, soft sorry. plastic. If, getting into uh, color matching on the soft plastic world. Is, that's true. That's oh true. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's a losing proposition. It really is. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I try to put stuff out there for guys. Very cool. So, listen, I, I appreciate you hanging out. I appreciate you dealing with the kerfuffle at the beginning. That was, Not a problem. That was at wit's end. And uh, I, I honestly had a great time talking. I could talk to you yeah, forever just, just cool. because you – I've you said that you're a teacher like by by heart you're a teacher like an instructor more so by trade i'm an instructor and i feel like i i feel like i could talk to you because it's not you're not like pushing information you're just willing to talk until you understand and i think yeah. that that is a good indicator of somebody who can get information across well and i think you do that to a t so definitely for anybody's out there make sure you're going to that youtube subscribe click the notifications so you're getting those because i mean he is you are he is you are very active on your youtube you're uh you're posting pretty frequently yeah um so again the best thing that anybody can do for anybody in this trade and this business is just support it's the easiest thing to do uh, I've, I've talked to people about that donations are cool financials are, are awesome but the mm-hmm. biggest thing you can do is just support each other click if you got somebody click the notifications click the likes comment on things everything to help push those numbers to get through because the more eyes the more business the more business the more success so anybody that's available available. make sure you're checking out adam where you can sdg custom lure crafts uh and thank you all for listening look forward to the new musky bait i got some big things coming up uh some people to announce some things to announce so stay tuned for that thank you all for listening thank you for being a part of this thank you for the support Stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the water.